Well, good morning this morning. If you got your Bibles, please go with me to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is found close to the center of your Bible. And I hate to say this, but I feel like I got a really good word this morning. Because every time I say I have a good word, I feel like I miss it up. And when I say I have a terrible word, it, it rocks the house. So I, I'm always fearful to say I have a good word, but I really think I do here. Or maybe it's not my word, it's the Lord's word, but I like it, and maybe you will. But Proverbs chapter 16, and find your place in verse 9, we'll be looking at one verse this morning. Proverbs 16 and 9. And as always, we ask you to please stand this morning for the reading of God's holy scriptures. If you got your word, if you got your text this morning, please say amen. Solomon, the man of wisdom, he tells us here, he said, in, in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord directs his steps. Let's read that again. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord directs his steps. Let us pray. Father, I love it when you give me one, one single verse to pray out of your word. Because it's amazing to me how we can take one verse of scripture and just build an entire sermon upon it. In fact, Lord, we could take one scripture of your word and build a life upon it. And so today, Lord, we just ask that you just give us the grace to receive what you have for us. Father, I humble myself before you in the mighty name of Christ because, Lord, I know that I'm just clay in your hand, but I know that with you, Lord, I have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, I just pray you touch my mouth even now as I speak and let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. You are my strength. You are my redeemer. Now, Lord... I have a plan this morning, but I ask, oh God, that you would direct my steps. And we love you in Jesus' name and God's people said amen. amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. And so let's, let's begin this morning with the title of our sermon, which is, But the Lord Will Direct Our Steps. If you would, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, do you have it all figured out? Come on, amen. <laughs> so Jeremiah, he tells us, the word of God says, for, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Can I get an amen? In other words, no matter where or what God is leading you into today, you can be assured that it's, it's good for you and it's for his glory. Now, you may not enjoy it, but I can promise you it is good for you. We all love the words of David who, who tells us in the Psalms 23, he said that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want, he maketh me. Lie down in green pastures, he leadeth me beside still waters. He restored my soul, he leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, thy comfort me. 
Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, Monday, when God began to give me my text, I began to read over, and, and many thoughts began to flood in my mind, like always. And, and I noticed that some of these, th- these thoughts that God were laying on my heart, some were good and, and some were not so good. And I have learned over the years that just because it's God's will, it ain't always so good for us. Come on, it's good in the long run. But during the time that you're going through whatever he leads you in, it may not be so good. For example, you know, it was good. It was good for Job to go through all that he was going through in his life because Job at the end stood the test. And I can promise you that it wasn't in Job's calendar to lose all that he had, his family, his wealth, his animals, his health, and all that he had. It wasn't in his plan. It wasn't in his daytimer to go through all that. But we praise God that at the end of Job's life that God gave him twice as much as he did at first. But you got to understand that it wasn't so good when he was going through it. But at the end, he was very prosperous. And it all started with these words that God said to Satan... In the heavenly realms, Job 1 and 8. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There's no one like him on earth. He's blameless and upright, a man. A man who fears God and shuns evil. And so here we have God bragging on Job. And because of God's bragging, we God allows the enemy to come into his camp. It wasn't good at that time, but at the end it was good. And so we find that the, later in Job, he says in 120 and 22, it says, At this, Job got up and he tore his robe, he shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. Everybody say, he worshipped. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall depart. The Lord has given, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And all this... Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. And so this is probably the greatest example we have as Christians today to to know how to respond when, when, when God allows the rug to be pulled out from under us. You know that time when you get hit so hard and it feels like you lost your breath. Mm, come on, amen. You think it's all going well and all of a sudden the rug is taken. Come on, you say amen this morning. But but usually our response to things like that, we begin to argue and complain and, and you know what I'm saying. We don't respond the way that we should when we should be responding with worship. Because you see, it's easy to worship when everything is way up here. But, but when the door is shut to the business and you're not bringing income and when the world is being shocked by all the COVID... Then, then it's not so easy to worship. But that's when we need to worship the hardest. Because this is how we, we, we show the world through trials and tribulations that, 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 that our sincerity to God is real. Paul tells us Philippians 2, 14 and 15. He says, do everything without arguing or complaining so that you may become pure and blameless children of God 
without fault in a crooked and perverse generation in which we shine like stars in the universe. If there's any time in this world needs to see some stars, it's today. Come on, amen. And so we, we'd be wise today not to ever shake our fist at God, regardless of what direction he leads us. In fact, you think about Job's wife in that story. She's the one who said, well, why, why don't you just curse God to his face and die? And that's a bad attitude, amen? But I love the words of Paul. He tells us in Hebrews 12 and 28 and 29. He says, therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken... Let us be thankful and worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Now we all know today because we all have seen recently in the news how powerfully the enemy can come in and bring quick destruction upon our world. Right after the life of this man named Mr. Floyd was taken. We don't know if it was the police officer who killed him or it was the drugs he had taken that day prior to the event. But nevertheless, I can promise you it wasn't in that man's calendar to die. It wasn't in that man's calendar to take a life if he did. See, see, we, we, we gotta understand that they got up with, with a certain plan in their life to how they usually do things on a daily basis. Every day this man got up to, to go and, and, and patrol or whatever he does as a police officer, but little did he know how his day would end and little did he know where his life would end today. But, but the good news is that, that, that God was not surprised at the event. Because you see, prior to all the events of this world today and tomorrow and the next year and the year after that, God has made provisions for those events. Because Jesus tells us in his word, John 10 and 10, that the thief, he comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. So we know who's behind that event. Come on, amen. It's the the devil working behind the scenes here. But Jesus tells that, that, that I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Even through trials and tribulations, we can have life in that more abundantly. Because she said, he says that, that I'm the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He said, I'm, I've made provisions. Whether you live in this earth or have to leave this earth, I have provided a way for you to have eternal life. Or eternal damnation in hell. Your choice. Another good example of our our text today is I I thought about how many times a a husband and a wife and a family has have made plans to to take a great vacation. Oh yeah, they they choose the place, the time, the destination. Everything's planned out, but 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 things begin to change when we begin to see God's hand moving in the event. All of a sudden, maybe that the car breaks down. You know what I'm saying here. All of a sudden, the, the job has a shift in it, and so the, the money's not flowing in the way that you used to have it coming in. Or maybe some expense at home. Something has occurred so that you are not able to go to the place that you desired. Now, you can look at it in many different ways. You say, man, God is not fair. 
Or you can say that I'm, I'm unlucky and it never goes the way that I planned. But you have to realize that, that God is directing our steps. Because little do we know what was ahead of us if we had it our way. Because there could have been a fatal car wreck or a fatal plane crash. Or there could have been someone who was in your path that was a carrier of the COVID that could take you out. But it was the Lord and His grace and His mercy that prevented you from going. Are you with me this morning? And so God, He has a plan of love. He's, he's trying to prevent us from going through trials and tribulations. Sometimes He tries to allow us from getting destroyed. What if God was keeping you home for this specific reason? What if you were at home and all of a sudden you begin to smell that smoke? And you say, I smell smoke. And then you find that maybe it's just a plug in a wall that has went bad. And, and, and you were able to turn off the breaker and get that fixed. But if you were on the vacation, you might have came home to no home. Are you with me this morning? And we, it's the little things like that that we never consider that God is, is redirecting our steps to keep us from going through great Trials and tribulations and pain. He's a good God, a loving God. In fact, Solomon, he tells us in Proverbs 19 and 21, he said, many are the plans in a person's heart. But it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. So this is why I deeply love the next three words that are woven in our text. By the breath of God, it says, but the Lord. But the Lord. Because it doesn't matter who you are. Because when you add these three little words to the chemistry, it changes everything. But the Lord. I'm going through something but the Lord. Amen. I I don't feel very well today but the Lord. Are you with me? I I may not have any money in my pocket all but, but the Lord. I may not be where I want to be. The church does not feel the way I want it to, but, 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 but the Lord. And, and so my desire would have a church blowing out the walls with people, but, but it's the Lord, it's his, his purpose, His will that allows me as a pastor to go through different things that strengthens me. One of the verses that God has been giving me lately is very hard to swallow. It says, it's taken out of the book of Galatians. It says, when when a man thinks he is something, when he's really nothing, he deceives himself. Woo, come on, that's hard to swallow. If if you think you're something, when you're really nothing, you deceive yourself. And so, I shared it with my band, and it's like the the whole air was let out of the balloon. Come on, amen. But, but that's a good thing because we know that, that when God humbles us and we get humble before the Lord, that is when He can exalt us. Because as long as we got our heads in the clouds, we're, we're, He cannot use us properly. Are you with me? Haven't you seen over the years how many people have saved and worked their entire life for this great retirement? Man, when I retire, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I got this money stored up, I'm going to be okay. But but all of a sudden, their health changes. God takes them out of the picture. And someone else is enjoying all that they save for. And, and so the family, yes, they suffer. 
Because they've lost the love of them, but the truth is that we know that we had the hope that one day we will be in the presence with the Lord and also with the family members we lost. So, so in the reality of all things, even though it, it hurts for a little while, God's purpose and plan is even better. Because think about this individual who saved for all this his entire life. And now, even though he's taken out of here, he's not going to have to go through any more pain or suffering. He's not going to have to grow old and stiff. Come on, amen. He's not going to go through all that stuff that, that older people go through because now he's in the greater place called paradise, which is better than the Bahamas and Hawaii. But it's the Lord who directs our steps. It's always funny to me when, when someone comes to me and they say, Oh, pastor, pastor, I found the one. I always want to say the one what? <laughs> I know what they're talking about. I think I really found the one. And, and, and I kind of look at them and I kind of laugh inside because I, I know that they're, they're not thinking about the long run. And, and a lot of times we, we speak way too fast. We, 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 we don't consider what could happen. And, and so a lot of times I may tell them, that, hey, don't move too fast. Be patient because time will show you the true path of God. How many people in this room today at one time in their life said, man, I got the right one. And now you look back and say, man, I was so out of the will of God with that one. Come on, amen. Am I the only one? Oh, hallelujah. But, but, but now that I see my life now, consider that the life I chose is so much better. Now I got children, got a wife who loves me deeply, got a nice home, got a loving church, got all a man could ask for. But if I chose it, who knows where I would be today if God didn't redirect my steps. Paul said, He will keep you strong, 1 Corinthians 1 8 9. He. Who will? He will keep you strong to the end. So that you be blameless on the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, who has called you into fellowship with his son Christ Jesus our Lord, is faithful. Come on, amen. He's the one that will keep us strong to the end. In other words, in your plan, that you plan that you're going to be all this and that. But when health changes and you're not all that, it's God who gives you the strength to go through the next day. When you're going through something like, like Buddy right now, I guarantee he would prefer to be out here mowing the yard, taking care of business. But because of health situations, now God has redirected his steps. And now he's at a time of just rest and just Praying that God would restore his health so he can go back to norm. But there's always a chance that maybe that could not happen. And so now he has to redirect himself to fit God's plan to know what I have to do now to serve the church. If I can't take care of the yard, what can I do now? Because things change in life. It doesn't matter who you are. Something is going to be changed because God is trying to get you in his will. Are y'all with me this morning? I think it's a good word this morning. I think God is teaching us something. Now, but go, before I go any farther, I want to throw a little curveball at you. And you got to prepare yourself for this. Because you see, in, in the same time that, that God is trying to redirect our steps, there's also someone else 
who's in the picture who's trying to redirect your steps. Oh, hallelujah. Not only is God trying to get you and I in his perfect will, but there's an enemy who's trying to do the same exact thing who's working against us. So here we are. We have our will, God's will, and the devil's will. And you wonder why sometimes your head just spinning. Because you're trying to do this, and this is happening, and all of a sudden this is happening. And, and, and so in your mind you think, man, I... What's going on here? Well, I'm telling you what's going on. There's a battle in the air. Ooh, hallelujah. And so, in the same way that, that God was allowing Job to go through all that he did, you got to understand that God allows Satan to come into his camp to bring in great suffering. But the Bible says that in Job 42 and 10, that after Job prayed for his friend, the Lord gave him twice as much as he had before. And so Job, in all this trials and tribulations and suffering, he had to remain faithful to God's word because God's word is all he had. His wife was a pain. His friends was a pain. Come on, amen. And all he had was one thing, faith in God and God's word. And see, he, he knew all that God had to say, so he said, there's one thing I can do. I can pray for these individuals that the enemy is using to bring me down. See, see, sometimes your so-called friends, when you get down, are not the ones who will help you up, but are the ones who will kick you. Come on, I'm telling you the truth, because sometimes it's not that friend who's really against you, but it's the enemy who hates your gut, and he's using that individual to cause you pain and suffering beyond what you're going through already. Ooh, hallelujah. And so Paul, listen to this, Romans 7 and 21, he says, so I find this law at work when I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Can I break it down to where the rubber meets the road? In other words, in your mind, you're saying, you know what? I'm going to change the way I am responding to people. I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to be ugly. I'm not going to gossip. I'm not going to do this. But all of a sudden, the enemy, he steps in with his will, and he brings brother so-and-so who provokes you to get on the wrong path. Mm. And so, when I want to do good... Evil is right there with me. And so I could use Austin, for example. You know, he, he's on a good path, but I can promise you the enemy has another path. Oh, I got something that you like. And they'll come and they'll call upon you, but you have to stand in the word of the Lord because that's the only help we have. He does not want you to be successful. He comes to what? Yeah. But Christ. But the Lord has come that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And so when the enemy does come in like a flood, God said he raises up the standard. He keeps us at a level where we can breathe every time. So he gives us this. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. The King James says, finally, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all the stand, stand therefore with your loins girt about with truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking up the shield of faith wherewith you can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. 
Come on, amen. Take up the helmet of salvation, the sword of spirit, which is the word of God, and praying always with all kinds of prayer, supplication, and spirit, and watching thereunto with all supplication and perseverance for all the saints. And so the moment that our feet hit the floor in the morning, decisions are being made. Decisions to destroy you. Decisions to prosper you. Decisions to to just do better. That's you. Man, I'm just going to do better today. So I started in the Word of God. And when I started in the Word of God, I began to pray, God, help me to put on the salvation, the helmet, to remind me who I really am in Christ. Because when the enemy comes in, the first thing he tells you that you're really not that who you say you are. When the devil tells you that you are not a Christian, that's when you really know you are. Jesus said he's a liar and the father lies. So everything that the enemy tells you, remember, you're just the opposite. Oh, you're no good, Kobe, and you never amount to anything. Hallelujah. Come on, you got to think the opposite. Because the opposite of darkness is light. And so what the devil meant for harm, God meant for good. In other words, no matter what he brings against us, if God allows us, fine. We have to prevail. We have to go through it. But remember that when we do go through it, we win. Because we will be better. We will be stronger. Because we have went through something. You can't be a great soldier until you have actually fought in some battles. You can go through all the drills. You can prepare yourself. But, but the greatest soldiers are the one who's actually stepped off into the war and came out now. They know how to really deal with it. And so we see the will of the enemy and we see the will of God in Matthew 4. Matthew 4 teaches us that that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be what? To be tempted. Because, see, God knows that that his will is that his son would, would fast and pray to be strengthened. But he also knew that the enemy would come. And so when the enemy does come, and he says, you know, if you're the son of God, command this stone to be made bread. And Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. In his weakest time in his life, 40 days. I can't even grasp fasting that long. And then the enemy desires to change his path. You know why? Because if he could have caused Jesus to stumble, what hope would we have had? None. He had to pass every test. So David tells us in Psalms 119.11, he said, Lord, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's the bread. That's the bread from heaven right there, the word of God in your heart. Because he knows, David knows that if I don't have the word hidden in me when the devil does come and he tries to redirect my steps the same way that God is, if I don't have the word in me, how am I going to say no? Because the grace of God that brings salvation, it, it also teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright lives in this present age as we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of our great God and Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Titus. Hallelujah. Now, you know, I may not know a whole lot about the Bible, 
in general, I'm not a great theologian, but you know this too, that I have hidden some word in my heart. And, and that's the reason why, because I know that I'm uneducated and I, I don't have all the tools that a lot of guys have, but I do know that when the enemy comes in my camp, I may not can call on a, a diploma, I may not can call on a college, but I can call on the one who gave me his word. Because I know his word. I can. Re- I say, Lord, but your word says. But your word says. And your word says it will not return void. But it shall accomplish that which you please in the purpose for which you sent it. You sent me. You called me. Now do something, God, because I'm in some stuff here. That's my son. That's the one. That's why I chose him. Now let's think about this. Here's four men in the Gospels. Peter and Andrew... James and John had spent their whole entire life doing one thing, fishing. Their daddies were probably fishing. Their grandpa were probably fishermen and all the way back. And so what did they do? They got up one morning and did what they always did. Go out, stretch out the nets, get them ready. Here we go. But all of a sudden, God begins to redirect their steps. Little did they know that the Messiah, the King of Kings, was going to come down that shoreline and call them to another life. That's called redirecting your steps. Because, see, what happened was they left the house that morning for being fishermen of, of fish. But now they, that, that evening, now they're fishermen of men. Oh, Hallelujah. What a change. Can you imagine how their life must have felt at that moment, the very first night when they're thinking, oh, man. Everything's changed. I'm not going home tonight. I'm going with Jesus. Where am I going to sleep? I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to eat. Because now God has redirected me. And so this is the way that God works. He always moves when you least expect him to move. I hope you're listening to me this morning. The Bible says in Mark 1, 16 through 20, as Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, his brother Andrew, casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for men. At once they left their nests and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing the nest. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. See, here's the key. When God calls you to do something, don't pre, what's the word? Precrastinate? Yeah, thank you. Precrastinate. Don't do that. But because He's calling you now. Otherwise, there's going to be things that's going to happen to get you there. It's so much easier just to go ahead and do it now. But if you don't do it now, I can promise you there's going to be some pain and suffering. And you'll say, oh, God's mean. He's angry. He's mad. No, he loves you. The Bible says the father disciplines his son because he loves them. Mm. In fact, I think back to my own life in 97. I know y'all hate to hear about this. I talk about it all the time because it's important. That morning when I got up, it wasn't my plan to have a change in my life. I got up and I went because my sister and my wife said, please go to church. You need to go to church. So I went to church. And as I said, I'm thinking, you know, all right, I'm going to leave church, go get some lunch, come back to my roosters. That's all I thought about was my game roosters. 
spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on roosters. Where are they at now? Who knows? But, but the good news is that, that God redirected my step. I had no idea what he was going to do. But now, through my life, I'm seeing people's life being right, redirected. In fact, every Sunday you come in here, you have a plan. Then all of a sudden God gets in your mailbox and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I think I'm going to try this. I go to the prisons. Whenever they start open, I'll be back in there. Then all of a sudden you see men who came in lost, left found, saved. That's awesome, isn't it? I like this verse in Joel. Joel 2.28 and 29. It said, And afterwards I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will see vision. Your young men will dream dreams. I think I said that right. No, your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my service, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. So many people do not realize that morning when they wake up how God is about to change your life by His Spirit. Because once the Spirit of God moves inside you, you get new desires. You get new want-tos. I'm not saying you don't sin because you're still going to make some mistakes. But, but it's the desire not to sin. It's the desire to want to do things different. That's the Spirit of God in you. If you say, man, do I have the Holy Spirit? Do you want to do good? Do you want to do right? Do you want to please God? Yes, you got the Spirit. Because if that's not in you, if you don't have that desire, you don't have the will of God in you. It's easy to tell if you got God or not. Think about Levi. Can I finish this? That clock ain't working two weeks. I'm liking it. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, let's just don't. Yeah, we're, who needs batteries? But think about this man named, I'm not going to tell you his name. This man got up one morning. He had a job that he hated because because of that job, everybody hated him. He was the tax collector. His name was actually Levi. Levi got up as usual. Oh, man, here I go. They're going to cuss me. They're going to mock me. And I'm going to take the money. It's my job. But literally, they, he know that the Christ was coming his direction to change it. He became a man called Levi, who had a great festival for the Lord. He had no idea that morning that he was going to have a party for the Lord, the King of Kings. And literally, he know that he would be the writer of one of the Gospels that thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people will read and will love him. Because God moved in. And because of it now, he is loved, not hated. Man, it doesn't matter how bad you were in the past. Are you listening, Sammy? It doesn't matter how bad you were in the past. God can cause people to love you. Hallelujah. Luke 5, 27 through 29, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting in his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Then Levi had a great banquet for Jesus at his house. A large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. I close with this. This, is, this story is funny because it's so real because it's happening to my family. Now, my brother-in-law named Jonah and his wife Marcy, he, he, here's their plan. 
they stepped down from their jobs because now we're going to move up north to, to St. Louis and I'm going to go to seminary and finish to get my degree so I can be some kind of, I don't remember what he called it, administrator or whatever for some Christian something. Anyway, but his plan was just to go up there, do the school, get another job, blah, blah, blah. But then God moves in, changes the plan. How old is Marcy? 43. How old is Jonathan? 42? Oh, they're both 43, just babies. But now at this age, you know, their kids are like 15 and 16 or whatever, you know? Then all of a sudden, Marcy's like calling Jonah, I think I'm pregnant. What? Now, she has a little baby. Don't, don't make your plans too solid. Come on, because God has a way to, to throw a wrench off in there and change everything. And so at first they're in panic mode. I'm too old. How can we do this? But, but what they were fearful of and what they were scared of has now become a great joy in their life. And yes, they're going to be a little bit older when the child is grown, but that doesn't make a difference because if God called them to do that, he will give them the strength to go through it. I just pray he doesn't throw that at me. Help me, Jesus. I better be quiet. Woo. <laughs> but here's the saddest part I can share this morning before I quit. God in all his grace and his love for mankind has made a way for every man, woman, boy, and girl to be saved. God can... Give him the greatest gift to mankind. He can do all that he can do to get them to the cross. But he will not make that decision for them. Otherwise, we'd be puppets. We're not puppets. We're not robots. He gives us something called free will. In other words, he's going to allow the enemy to come and try to prevent you from going to the cross. But he's not going to do any more than what he's already done. He's going to leave that right into your choice. This is your choice. You either choose life or choose death. But listen to these words of Job once again. I don't know if I gave this to Skip or not. It's in the King James. It said, for God, for God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet men perceiveth him not. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon man and the slumberings of his bed, then God opened up his ears and sealeth his instructions that he may withdraw man from his purpose and from his pride. From his pride. To keep his back, to keep him back, keep his soul back from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. God makes a way when there is no way. He comes to even men in their sleep, in their dreams, and, and speaks life. Come on, come to me. But, but the arrogance and the pride of men are what say no to God. No. And so at the end, when it's all over, and no matter how long he lets them live, he may give them another year, a hundred years, who knows? But when they refuse him, then he has to make the other decision. I knew you not. And so he sends no one to hell, does he? Because he did all that he could possibly do.
to get them saved. But because they rejected him, now he has to make this choice. Well, I can't go against my word. Depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. Let's all stand. Now, I thought this was a good message. I really thought it was, man. I mean, it really spoke to me. And I just thought, Lord, I'm, I'm glad today that God is directing my steps. Because I can make the biggest mess of stuff. I know it. I've done it. So, our, the key today would be this. Patience. Don't pray for patience. Just wait on patience. Amen. Yeah, don't pray for that. Because he's going to give you patience. But just use patience. Love is patient. Love is patient. If you love God, just be patient. No matter what you're going through right now, understand that right now God has a plan. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Just remember, who's in control? You may own the business, but the reality, you're not in control. You know what the Bible says, Brenda? It says, unless the Lord builds the house, the labors labor in vain. Come on, amen. Unless he does it. So we wait upon the Lord because the Bible says, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you today for your word. We ask God that you would go before us now and just help us to make good decisions that follow your perfect will. Lord, we don't want to go to the woodshed. We want to just go where you want us to go. And I just pray right now, Lord, for all those individuals who are hurting right now, maybe shaking their fists at you right now. But God, I just pray that you would forgive them for they know not what they do. We love you, Father. Just go with us today in Jesus' name. Amen.